Hi everyone! Left to our own devices, the conference may be over, but you can still watch the recording at cybellum.com conference. Tune in to listen to FDA updates from FDA executives themselves, learn about AI in automotive from NVIDIA, the AI leader, and listen to product security leaders from Philips, Honeywell, CISA, and more. Go to cybellum.com conference and watch the recording for free. See you at the next event! Hi, this is David. And this is Shlomi. And you've tuned into Left to Our Own Devices, the product security podcast. So our guest today is John Heldreth, car security operations at Volkswagen AG and founder of ASRG, the Automotive Security Research Group. John is one of the leading voices in automotive cybersecurity, having previously held key positions, Porsche Engineering Services and Robert Bosch. So we're very, very excited to have him on today. John, welcome. Hi, guys. Thank you for having me. It's a real pleasure. So let's start with a personal question. What got you into the world of automotive cybersecurity to begin with? Probably a really good question. And if I had a good answer, I would probably give it to you. But... Actually, I think it was more of kind of a, a mistake almost, you know, we, <laughs> I was working together with the guys at Porsche Engineering about doing EE architectures, you know, like how everything is talking to each other. How should we divide up the networks? How should we figure out who is doing which function and which ECU? I mean, it was really cool work, right? And through this, we started realizing wow, we, you know, we have to start thinking about security too as one of the design aspects. You know, not only how it should function, but how someone might attack it or manipulate it to do something that it shouldn't. And so that was kind of the start of it where we started thinking about, okay, what design considerations do we need to take into the networks? And also, you know, then it got more and deeper and then the the whole Jeep hack thing started, and uh, before right. we knew it, everybody was thinking, well, "How do you build cybersecurity into vehicles?" I guess that was the the starting point for me into automotive cybersecurity. And to be honest, I'm not a cybersecurity expert. You know, I I know the vehicle. You're I know very the modest, John. You're very modest. <laughs> oh, but who is an automotive cybersecurity expert these days? There's very few of them because no one knows the IT cybersecurity side as well as the product side. I educated myself on ECU development and hardware and all the stuff you can put your hands on. And now I'm slowly finding myself in the area of cybersecurity and automotive. So yeah, it's a new challenge. Why not, huh? It's interesting. There's one thing you left out of the uh, from the IT and the product is the functional safety. And that's another area where we're seeing some kind of conversions because, well, I guess if you don't have a safe vehicle, then you have issues of safety as well. But I think safety and security are so closely related, right? You know, ISO 26262, right? And you have yep. ISO 21434. But if you think about it from, I like to think about everything from the data perspective. So if I'm sending this message on the bus or if I need this sensor data, 
you know, in, in safety, we need to make sure that data has integrity, right? The data that we send comes to the receiver with the same data integrity, right? It's the same data. It's, it's what we send. It's what's received. But it also needs to be available because, you know, safety relies on almost, you know, as real-time decision-making as we can get. You know, we don't want a, a signal to come a few days later, right? Because the moment's already passed. But if you start to look at integrity and availability are two of the four, you know, cybersecurity goals that we have. So I almost think that sa- safety is a subset of what we're doing in cybersecurity. So hmm. I like to think that they're they're together somehow, David. Interesting. I wonder. I, I wonder what the safety engineers think of that. <laughs> oh no, they'll probably <laughs> put me through a process or something. Yeah. <laughs> I like to think of the convergence, but I see where you are. You know what you what you're getting at, and, and it makes a lot of sense. Uh, you have a really interesting point of view, and and being part of OEM activity, but also leading ASRG. What are the main trends that you're seeing in the automotive cybersecurity world today from across these two perspectives? Great question, David. So there's a lot going on. You know, this is a new and developing field, new industry. But I think what's really important or what we've seen in the last years or months is that that actually everybody understands that cybersecurity is a topic that needs to be taken care of, you know, the awareness topic, right? And, you know, we we saw this with the UNECE coming in, you know, they had a, a requirement, a regulation come in. So now you have to do it, right? And so that that was good. But, you know, you're slowly seeing this awareness from from the the OEMs coming down into the supply chain and and then into the second tier and third tiers that they also, they all have decided, yeah, okay, it's awesome. We need to do this. It's something that we're starting to work on. Let's, Let's go for it. So that awareness part is we've gotten there, right? But what we're seeing is like maturity coming through the ranks, I think. So the OEMs, I like to, the OEMs, I mean, I like to think that they're doing a really good job. You have to keep in mind that the the product that we're developing doesn't happen, you know, in a two-week sprint, right? There is a long development cycle for these uh, vehicles. So you have to remember that once we start designing something, it could take some years before those considerations come into the vehicles. And we're actually seeing the vehicles roll out onto the streets now. So the OEMs actually already started this, you know, some years back. So I think one of the biggest trends that I'm seeing is that we're seeing not only ownership, but maturity of processes, methods. The organization is agreeing that we need to be doing this, you know, so there's, there's budgets available. People are doing things and not only just doing things, but slowly getting better and better, right? It's not only... We need to do something, but we need to do this something better now. So I think that's one of the things we're seeing is maturity happening in the industry, in cybersecurity. But not only that, the culture is also changing. You know, it used to be that, you know, Mercedes-Benz or Volkswagen or BMW, that they don't talk together. They don't share a common ground. 
But with cybersecurity in automotive products, we all have the same issue. We all have the same goal. And we want to make products, you know, the vehicles more safe and secure for the customers. And the implementation itself is the distinguishing factor. That's the IP. You know, that's what you don't share with everybody, right? You want to, as Mercedes or as VW, I need to make those decisions on how best to bring these controls into our products. We're not going to do it the same way each time. You know, it doesn't make sense to all do it the same way, but we all have the same threats. We all have the same goals and the cybersecurity goals. So I think that's something amazing that kind of unites us, right? As OEMs, as suppliers, that we all are working towards the same goal. And because of this, we have this culture changing, a more collaborative approach. You know, the suppliers are working together with the OEMs. Hmm. Two things that I I saw is that maturity and culture change. Hmm. So I'm curious, uh, while we're on the topic of, of ASRG, if you can tell us the story of how ASRG came to be and what are its main activities today. Of course. So ASRG actually started in 2015 or 2016 when I started doing my master's work for a university here in Germany. And I was working together with Porsche and we were trying to understand how to bring value So how are we going to create value for the company, for the customer in regards to cybersecurity and automotive products? And so I was tasked with trying to figure this out. Uh, I was using a research and survey methods. One of the results of this, which we didn't expect, was that the community is going to play a huge part in being successful, right? Having a positive cybersecurity attitude is going to be something that really drives customers to purchase products or to trust the brand. And so at that time, this was something that came out of the master's work. And then I decided, well, you know, I think it would be really good for myself to engage with other people, to learn, because I'm not a cybersecurity expert, you know, I have to get into the industry, understand what's going on. So I asked Porsche if it was okay that I go ahead and start a community for cybersecurity. They gave me the thumbs up and we started the first, we had the first uh, meeting for ASRG in a rented meeting room. I think it was August, 2016. We had around 10, 15 people where basically they were coming from all corners of of the industry. One was from the city of Stuttgart. One was from an OEM. One was from the suppliers. Basically a very wide range of people, but they were all had different viewpoints. They were all motivated to become a part of something interesting and, and build up something. And during this meeting, we decided to create the framework that would actually drive ASRG to what it is today. And ASRG was was never supposed to be a worldwide organization. It was supposed to be something small in Stuttgart to allow us a way that we can communicate with each other, learn, network, and collaborate. And that's, that's the framework. Knowledge, networking, and collaboration are the three columns that we've determined our strategy and framework on. 
And so from this small little group in Stuttgart in 2016, we started having meetings every month. Before I knew it, friends of mine in Detroit said, oh my gosh, we should be doing the same thing. They had the first ever ASRG D, D for Detroit meeting. So I think it's been, what, around seven years now? Almost seven years. Never expected that, right? We have around 15,000 members worldwide. We have 57 locations. And it's just amazing what people are doing in this industry and coming together. ASRG doesn't, it's just a platform. It's just an opportunity to come together. And uh, every, all of the members, it's free to join. It's free to participate. So it's up to you how you want to get involved. But at least you have this communication channel, this, this place where you can come together, learn, network, and collaborate on cybersecurity stuff within vehicles. Amazing. <laughs> I wonder if the person who gave you the thumbs up knew what he was helping initiate at the time. <laughs> <laughs> He's still a member, so he knows. That's really interesting. I didn't realize that ASRG was so was as big as it is. You know, if we look at other organizations like Auto ISAC, SCAR, I'm not sure they have that, you know, as many active members as as ASRG. Because they, I think they're more limiting to the vendors and say the OEMs and the tier ones. And actually, the so Auto ISEC is a great organization. You know, first of all, Absolutely. they we we actually have a lot of the same goals. We're trying to do the same things. It's just that you know we we have two different ways of doing this, and I think it's really important that people you know participate in both or you know be a part wherever you can be. If you're a member of the Auto ISEC, you know, usually Auto ISEC is kind of focused on the top-down approach. You know, you have a lot of management, a lot of executive involvement, which is fantastic. You also have the working groups and, and technical levels. ASRG kind of does it the other way. We, we focus on the working level. I, we want to make sure that everybody that's developing solutions, that's informing their managements about which decisions they believe should be taken, that they have the knowledge to, to give that further on. It's also important to note that Auto ISEC has, you know, they are trying to, or they're, they are sharing information within a trusted circle, right? So there are NDAs in place and very a lot of legal stuff. ESRG follows a little bit different structure. We don't want that, right? We want to share. We don't have any non-disclosure agreements because we want to disclose everything. And so these two, we had two different use cases, two different kind of ways of working. Actually, we have a great relationship with the auto ISEC. So I'm a very big supporter of the auto ISEC and what they're doing there. Absolutely, I agree. I think it's it's also an excellent organization. And I think, as you said, they, they come from a different approach. And I, I think the approach that you take, I mean, it's, it's quite, you can see, you can really see that approach taking hold in the SOS event that, that will take place in September. Uh, of course. Um, the SOS is, or it stands for Secure Our Streets, right? Mm-hmm. SOS, it's kind of a play on the word Save Our Souls, right? But... SOS started because I was actually sitting in a conference 
And I was listening to the same stuff over and over. I think I heard the GPAC mentioned 10 or 20 times, you know, and as soon I know as that's I hear a favorite that, of yours. <laughs> I, I, I click out, you know, I'm, I'm done after that. <laughs> Actually, so I was sitting there, I had, we had paid a lot of money to attend such a, a great conference, right? To get all the newest knowledge and understand and network. And at the end of the day, I was just very disappointed. And I thought, listen, ASRG, we can do this better, right? There should be no paywall. First of all, let's let's get rid of you know entrance fees, registrations, and everything. Because for me, for ASRG as a nonprofit, we're not looking to make money. We're looking to bring this knowledge into the community. So first of all, get rid of any registration fees. It's all free, right? SOS, come register. It's free. And then the other thing is that we wanted to bring good content that is reviewed by the community itself and not allow for paid talks, right? A lot of the times you get these, and which is okay, sponsorship agreements with a paid time slot, which turns into a very product or service specific presentation. Listen, nothing against sponsors, nothing against, you know, the people trying to make it in this industry because we need sponsors. Okay. First of all, we can't do everything ourselves. We need people, or, um, we need sponsors. We need suppliers to bring in the competencies, products, and services that we can't do within our own organizations. Big supporter of the supply chain. Everybody should be. However, when I'm sitting there listening to a conference that I paid for, I don't need the advertisement as well. So uh, this is kind of how SOS started. It's SOS, let me just tell you the, the kind of the overview. So it's, it's a virtual conference dedicated to automotive cybersecurity. It's, uh, it's planned for this year, September 14th, 2023. Uh, it's a full day event. It depends on where you're listening this podcast from. So in Europe, we're going to start around 9 a.m. and it goes almost 10 hours. Uh, if you're in the U.S., that's going to be a little early for you, 3 a.m. <laughs> and uh, we can calculate the rest later. But so it's a virtual conference. September 14th, we have a great lineup so first of all, the reviews of the papers are done by the community members as well. And we had, I think, over 40 submissions, first of all. And we're in the review process right now. So you're going to see some updates coming about the, the call for papers. However, I'm so happy to uh, mention that we have two really great keynotes. First of all, we have an automotive uh, OEM view. This is going to be presented by Dr. Jorn Eichler from Volkswagen. Going to be talking. Yeah, and he has these really great insights of what's coming in the future. So we're really excited to see what he's going to bring to SOS. So the the second keynote speaker is also coming, is really a great speaker as well. Everybody probably knows him, is Dr. Andrea Weimerskirch. 
the VP of, I think it's cybersecurity and software development at Lear Corporation. Mm-hmm. So he's going to bring the the supplier view as well. So it's really going to be a nice mixture and play on, hey, what's coming from the OEM viewpoint? Where do we see the challenges of, of supply chain in the future? So we have two great keynotes, a great lineup planned. Really looking forward to the SOS event this year. Excellent. And how do people sign up for it? I, I That's one of the things I really like about the SOS is that you really open it up for the practitioners, for the people, you know, as you mentioned, you know, bottom up and, and really the people who are going to be doing the research and, you know, so is the website up already and people can register? Yes, sir. So actually registration is open. Um, you can register at sos.asrg.io. Like I mentioned, it's free for anyone that would like to participate. We also have some great options. We need the support of the community as well. So we do need sponsors. Um, Unfortunately, sponsorship does not come with a paid speaking spot, just so you know. So if you're a sponsor and would like to get involved, we have some great virtual booths. It worked out really well last year that even though we're virtual, you're still able to interact. Uh, It's built off of a platform called AirMeet, which has Google behind it as well. And it's all video interactive. You can kind of present your presentations. You can have your own talks within your booths. Um, Really a great platform. So if you're looking to sponsorship of an event this year, please come reach out to us uh, also on the website. And of course, anyone that's working in the nonprofit fields, you know, Auto Isaac, all of these different organizations that are supporting to automotive cybersecurity, you guys can get a booth for free because we want to support you like you support us. And and I can vouch for the fact that this is a great event because I've been involved in this event in the past. So That's anybody right. who would like to speak about it, you know, and get my point of view, please just contact me. Happy to talk about it. Thanks, David. Okay, I I will be the guy who changes the topic because I'm really curious. I have a completely different question. (laughs) (laughs) You're always doing that, Shlomi. (laughs) You know, that's that's my my part of this. (laughs) Each one of us has his own role. So I'm curious, John, I, I was waiting to ask this question. On the automotive cybersecurity side, so there's something that we started seeing in the last year or so, which is... There's quite a lot of consolidation happening in terms of cybersecurity. Mostly what we see is a lot of OEMs and suppliers trying to build this centralized cybersecurity system. At the same time, though, we also see a lot of specializations, right? We see a lot of teams uh, starting to focus on specific aspects of cybersecurity, like uh, software quality or incident response. So I'm curious... What has your experience been like? Do you see this trend as well? How do you view this? Uh, Wow. So huge question. Let's see how I can answer this one. To be honest, so there's a lot of different topics going on right now. Like you mentioned, vulnerability management, incident management, software quality. How are you guys doing with uh, code generation, secure code generation and so on? And you talked about centralized cybersecurity system. And I have to ask myself, basically, I mean, what's the one thing that brings all of these particular systems together? What's the relationship? 
you know, for, from my standpoint, it probably would be risk because basically what we're trying to do in cyber secu- cybersecurity is is uh, actually a very small part of of a bigger picture, right? It's, what we're trying to do, of course, is to reduce any risk to our customers. You know, we don't want people's data get to get hacked. We want the functions of the vehicle to be secure. We, you know, we don't want the influence from any particular uh, external attackers or something to be possible. And to do this, we have to put things into I would say either quantitative or qualitative uh, risk assessment, just depending on you know who you are, if you're an OEM or a supplier or whatever. But bringing all of these systems like incident response, managing of events, you know that means that you really have damage that's incurred. So something has happened, something has been identified, and we need to manage it. Or um, vulnerability management, something hasn't happened yet, right? There's no damage to the company or to the customer, but there could be, and that's that's the risk, right? Or software quality and code, you you want to identify and somehow understand which type of quality do you have in your code. All of these things generates a risk. And you talked about the cybersecurity centralized system. For me, this this really means the risk management system, bringing all of those different systems together into a centralized place where you can organize, identify by time or by product, by asset and so on, so that you can understand the full picture, right? And then when you have this all in a centralized system, you can use this information to make better decisions. And so from my from my standpoint, I think that's the key thing here is that you bring all together in this cybersecurity risk management system and all of those uh, different things like vulnerability management, incident response, and so on are generation of risk, right? It converts or translates an incident into a particular risk value. So right. that's... right. That's that's my kind of head on that whole idea. Of, I don't think it makes sense to bring everything into the same system, just like suppliers, just like OEMs or uh, tools. You know, we have different competencies. We can't do everything. This makes a lot of sense because it's it's just translating everything to one language that is relevant for for the whole business in a way, right? Which is the goal of 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 cyber what we call cybersecurity at the end at the end of the day, I, I find it fascinating. Thank you. Yeah, and I think I, I heard something a few weeks ago. Uh, we were actually discussing uh, PLM systems, and what you mentioned about risk, right? So you think of cybersecurity. I think a lot of people think of you know hackers coming in trying to to break into a system put in, you know, maybe to leverage on a vulnerability. So let's say there's a vulnerability found in a Linux operating system, just as an example, (laughs) nothing against (laughs) Linux, (laughs) and they need to upgrade that system. So, okay, yeah, so go and upgrade that system. (laughs) What's involved in upgrading a system? You need to go back to the development teams. Then you need to go to the quality teams. And then you need to, oh, sorry, before all of that, you have to put it on the change management calendar. 
And then you have to talk about the compliance. Okay, you've gone through the quality. Now you have to go and make sure it passes compliance. And of course, security has to look at it again, make sure that nothing is affected by this new upgrade of the operating system. And what does that mean to the delivery time of the component or of the vehicle, huh. right? So, you know, when, when, when this was said to me, I said, oh my goodness, you know what? I never thought of all of that. And I'm in the cyber business for many years. And, and this is a side of the risk that I, it just doesn't hit me that a very, very small change, you know, of upgrading some kind of vulnerability can actually affect half of the organization. And, and this is where the teams come together in order to, let's say, uh, be, be able to, to understand, okay, what does that do to my risk? And what does that do to my product delivery? And yeah. Yeah, exactly. And David, you mentioned, you know, we need to update the product, but one of the biggest things is always trying to identify okay, how am I affected, right? How, where is this component? Um, right. Which component is affected? Which products is it in? And I don't, you know, automotive is not a simple product. I mean, we it's like a configuration nightmare. You know, we have billions of different configurations and we <laughs> we need to figure out which products have what. So it's, First, I love this this challenge always is, is asset identification management, being able mm -hmm. to turn turn um, something that's just raw text into something quantifiable, you know, structured. And then, like like uh, Shalomi was saying, that to bring this and translate it into a, a language that we all can speak on the same level, right? Put it all on the same accesses. And by the way, I think this is the biggest challenge and the difference, the major difference between what we call IT security and what we call product device or automotive security. And actually, it's a, a great question. I, I don't even know how it's done in normal IT environments. How do you manage all of your assets? You know, there is a difference between IT security and and product security, right? But it would be great to understand what those guys have accomplished with asset management there. I haven't had that experience yet to see it. Yeah. So I worked with an endpoint vendor for a few years and, and basically, you know, there was asset management and you understood what made up, you know, if you're talking about endpoints, whether they are servers or, you mm -hmm. know, desktops or printers even, or any other kind of endpoint, usually had some kind of a, con a configuration. I, I don't even think back then it was anything like the S-bombs that we talk about today where we're really trying to get into the, you know, a full ingredient list of what it is that we have in, in our systems. So even, even then, it, it, there it's a challenge and it's still a challenge that uh, the vendors are still upgrading their systems and creating new versions of, of their endpoint security and it's 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 a constant battle to to keep up. Yeah, but that's also part of the fun. Oh, absolutely! For us, it is. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yep. For all of us. So, so with that in mind, can you provide a few practical tips and tricks for automotive product security teams for you know twenty twenty three and going you know looking ahead? Sure. Uh, so, first of all, just. There's three things real quick. Have patience, right? Have understanding and 
keep your eye on the the goal, right? Um, these th three things they have nothing to do with the technical side of it, but we all have the same goal. We're all working on the same challenge. We all might have a little bit different viewpoints. Nothing is going to work correctly, right? Just plan on nothing going as planned, right? And then work together to overcome those challenges. You know, it could be that someone doesn't understand it. They don't have so much experience in cybersecurity or on the product side. And take the time to really explain, bring your team together. You know, I think that's really important with such a uh, an industry where it's growing right now. The other thing is that we can't do this alone. Doesn't matter if you're a supplier, doesn't matter if you're an OEM, doesn't matter if you're a service provider. We need competencies from people that have. We we shouldn't try to build up everything ourselves. Okay, rely on your supply base, participate, have a healthy supply base. These relationships are key. They will help you deliver on time. And don't forget, SOP is not the end of the game. Just because you've gotten through the design phase, SOP is just where the fun starts. Okay, so SOP, so security operations and so on until the end of the service life, you've got a lot of work to do. So don't forget, SOP is not the end. You know, it, it reminds me of the uh, the expression since you're in, in Germany, uh, der Mensch lacht und Gott lacht. But I like to change it to <laughs> der Mensch lacht und the hackers tracht. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the more we know, the better we can work together. The better we work together, the better solutions we can have on the street. And don't forget, this affects each and every one of us. It doesn't matter if you're a driver, a pedestrian, even if you say, I don't have a car, do you take the bus? We all rely on certain modes of transportation and security and automotive is leading the way not only for automotive, but also leading for other transportation methods. Mm. And don't forget, just because you're not in the car doesn't mean as a pedestrian, you couldn't be impacted by a cybersecurity event in a car. Oh, for sure. <laughs> so... When, one final question I was I was waiting to ask you, what is the most, what would you say is the most incredible or defining moment you had in your career so far? Uh, uh, I love that one all the time. <laughs> yeah, you know, how do you, how do you answer that? You know, I, I remember a specific point in my life where I said, <laughs> and I was telling my wife, like, I, I think I have to do this. You know, I think I have to start a community and you know, she's half listening to me and she says, yeah, 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 whatever. Okay. You know, uh, just <laughs> do what you need to do. And if she had known what that meant, uh, I think she might've changed her mind. But this moment in my life where I really was able to understand that there was a need in the industry, and this was something that I could bring to the industry, you know, like ESRG is not something for me. ASRG is something that we we all can hopefully participate in. Hopefully it's helping. The point is that I, it was really amazing for me that, first of all, I was I saw this and I felt it. And then I, I made that decision together with my wife. And then at some point, ASRG got so large that we actually had to make a nonprofit organization. 
And for me, that was really amazing, you know, uh, not only from the technical or community side, but also growing a business was really kind of fun. I, I, I love doing this stuff, building a brand and uh, being able to do that and hopefully make, make a value to the, the community, I think was for me, one of the most not defining moments, but defining phases of my life, you know? And I, and I think, I think the reason you've been successful is because of this altruistic, you know, position that you came from of really wanting to help, and and people realize that. And real kudos for that. You know, it's a, you've been doing a really incredible job with it. But you know, it's actually the members. You have to under like I just kind of make it available, and then participation, people joining the events or watching webinars or however you might uh, participate in ASRG is completely up to you. And I promised myself. As long as we continue to contribute a value add to the community, I will continue investing my time, you know, because this is a volunteer organization. It's not going to bring us riches or something like that. We just we're here to make the industry a better place or a more secure place. You're very nice. humble, but sometimes uh, providing <laughs> the platform is really the, the thing that is needed most. So that's an achievement in its own right, I think. Thank you. I, I appreciate that, guys. Well, it's been really great to have you on. And, you know, we look forward to collaborating into the future. Uh, we've done it in the past a bit. And, uh, you know, hearing your story is really, it's very motivating uh, for us, uh, Shlomi and myself, and also for the community of listeners that we have. And uh, we really want to thank you for being with us today. From my side, thank you for the invitation. I love doing this kind of stuff and talking to great people like yourselves. I'm looking forward to when we can do the next one. Sounds good. Left to Our Own Devices is brought to you by Cybellum. To learn more, visit cybellum.com.